Hello, and welcome to episode four of You're Doing It Wrong, the software engineering podcast. I am Mark. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. So I think we decided, Greg, that last podcast was a little bit rambly. It was. Went in the weeds a bit. We talked about a few too many things, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we are going to try and focus a bit on a topic, yep. if we can. Maybe a little bit of rambling. We'll probably still ramble. We'll have, every, we'll have the end in sight this time. Yeah. <laughs> let's try, <laughs> let's try. So uh, before we get into that, uh, just to mention again that next time out on the podcast, we are going to be going outside broadcast to the Redevelop conference on October the 12th. Yep. Uh, redevelop.io is your one-stop shop for all your redevelop tickets. That's it. I think there's still some at the moment, but I don't think there's many left. So I think there are, but that promises to be a great day of uh, talks about all things uh, development-related. Yeah. And we're going to be at the after-party sober. I think we'll start recording sober. Yeah. <laughs> and see, where, see where it takes uh, us. Yeah. But we'll have um, some kind of mic set up. And we'll be uh, grabbing people and asking them what they thought, what their favourite talk was, what did they learn, what did they disagree with, all of that in a Vox Pop style Sounds like a fantastic podcast, he says, in advance. I think it will be. Greg, what are you thinking about this week? Well, what I'm thinking about is code quality. So this was spurred on um, by... Uh, a discussion about comments um, and whether they are uh, needed or not. <laughs> I could hear people's uh, shoulders dropping about the topic uh, from all this way. Um, so what do you think about comments? Well, so this is what happened in the conversation. I was a little bit antagonistic um, and I think it probably backfired a little bit at the end because I ran out of good arguments. <laughs> uh, but... I was trying to make the argument that I think I've stolen from XP, uh, i.e. Kent Beck or uh, Cunningham or someone like that, that you shouldn't ever comment. Um, and if you do have to, it's a, it's a smell that your code isn't clean enough and you don't have good tests. Because ultimately, if you want to know what the code is doing, then you should have code that's you know self uh, Self-describing. Just, yeah, exactly. And then if you need more detail, you can pop over to the tests um, you know, and, and see what they're testing for, and then you've got an idea on the it- intent and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was the argument I was trying to put forward, which I do think I believe. Um, but as I'm not programming daily like I used to, um, the people who were, the developers, were, uh, they had slightly different arguments. <laughs> I... Sounds like you're going to p- position one of them. I believe in that. I believe strongly in that, actually. The, the, uh, no, the hashtag no comment. Yes, right. that uh, you should, if you feel the need to put a comment, you should write a test that describes it or rewrite your code in a way that describes what it is that you're doing. The problem is that in the real world, what you end up with is a halfway house where you don't have any comments in the code, but... <laughs> yeah. You also haven't really put enough effort into um, writing code that is that is clear enough. Yeah. And then you've got nothing, right? You've, you've just got this 
messy code that doesn't really describe what it's doing, but has no comments uh, about what you're doing. Hmm. And when it comes to writing a test, uh, it's all very well to say. And certainly when you write a book or a blog article and your tests are simple, yeah. uh, almost yeah, yeah. trivial examples, it makes perfect mm. sense. Again, in the real world, when you find tests that have a lot of content, a lot of setup, actually looking at the test and saying, what does that actually, what's it actually testing for? Mm. It's difficult. Now, you can argue, and I'm sure people will argue, that that means you need to rewrite your test as well because your test isn't clear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, absolutely right, I buy that. But <laughs> in, in the real world, in the real world, it doesn't happen. It's funny because in thinking about this for, for this conversation, it, I just kept coming back to the it depends. It's just going to haunt us forever because we can't have that name anymore. But, well, I think, um, but so I do agree. I suppose the, the comeback I would come with is if you know that, then you're not going to try as hard. You know what yeah, I mean? You're yeah, going to say, well, yeah. of course it depends. And therefore, the easy path for me, because I believe we're all sort of a little bit lazy at heart, is to just give in and do a comment or something like that, you know, and not do the effort that you're describing, which is to refactor your code so it's cleaner and to rewrite your tests so that they're more obvious and that kind of thing. That's true, but the comment if if you're not if you're not uh, disciplined enough to write your code in a way that describes what it's doing, I'm going to suggest that your comments are probably not going to be very useful either. <laughs> That's a good point. And I've seen plenty <laughs> of comments in code that I mean, you know, the traditional example is the comment. Add one to X. X <laughs> but, that's X the tr- but, but, but that's the same as your... Because that was brought up when I was discussing this with the team at work. Yeah. And, and that's the same thing about it being a trivial example. And so yeah. and that's why I, I sort of um, couldn't continue the argument yeah. because I was like, well, if you're using that as an example... Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's do a real example because I've got one. Okay, okay. Because um, actually, funny enough, I did do some code today. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, it was... Uh, to show a pop-up at a particular event in our in our app, okay. uh, like a modal um, like dialogue, yeah, um, and uh, it was it was an edge case, so you wouldn't normally expect a dialogue to pop up at this point, but we wanted to do it for marketing purposes. Okay, um, so I thought, should I or should I not comment that? Because someone might come along and think, why are we doing this here? Um, it's not obvious to me why this is happening. It's not normal because in other situations of which there were dozens, we don't do this. Yes, okay. So should I put a comment in or should I rely on the fact that if you delve a bit deeper and you understand what's happening, you would be able to work out why we're doing it? Could you have written a method that is pop-up marketing? Well, no, let me, let me ask you this. What was the <laughs> comment that you wrote? Um, I put the business purpose for it. Okay. So I put, we're showing a pop up here because this is the, the business. Boss said so. <laughs> JFDI. Yeah. yeah no. um, and then I put a reference to the Jira ticket, but, you know, um, that, that was. So that, references that to Jira felt, tickets actually are good. Well, it felt a bit wrong. Maybe this is one of the deviations yeah. because I felt like you could get back to that through GitHub and the, 
in the check-in because we we, oh, tie, see, we tie see. it all together, you, so yeah, we yeah, should yeah, be able to true, say that line true. was introduced by, you know. But either way, it's, it felt that, easier. That's true, and yeah. I will say I think the the uh, so just to be clear, even though I've kind of said maybe you should comment because you're too lazy, I I don't comment my code. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm also lazy like the next man. <laughs> So my code isn't always the best to read, but but I don't comment, and I and I do try and actively think about doing it. The, the situations where I do comment uh, tend to be where I've got something concrete and external to reference. So it it will be sometimes it might be a you know, a Jira ticket, for example, that explains right. what there was this bug, you know, and it, you you can't explain the bug in a method name for example so you might just go reference this uh, or referencing a url where quite often if i've copied something stack overflow urls appear a lot in comments <laughs> in my code <laughs> if i've got if yeah. i've done something because you know i didn't know uh, you know i had a problem i didn't know what the answer was yeah, you've googled yeah. it it's come up on stack overflow oh you just need to set this yeah and then you go okay if you're reading it you wouldn't have a clue why you were setting that but I might might reference a Stack Overflow URL. That's kind of bad though, because actually those things degrade, right? Once you've moved off Jira, I found code with Rally references in it. Oh, really? Right? You know, and of course, you know, we we uh, got off Rally many years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in previous employee. So, so actually, that's 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 now useless to someone. Mm. So actually, that's that's probably a really bad example mm. of things. That's an example of things you probably shouldn't put in comments. Mm. I've just you just made me think actually, or I think I made myself think, because I said I put the Jira reference in, and we need to come back and say whether I should have yeah, commented yeah, or not. Yeah, so we, we should, do need yeah, a conclusion on that. Put it on the put it on, on the, the stack. stack. Yeah. Um, but you just made me think. So I put the Jira reference in, yeah. and then I admitted that because we've got everything tied in neatly, you can actually get from the line of code all the way through Jira, where it's got you the business imperative. Get, right. Yeah. So therefore. Isn't that the argument to say you don't need to comment? Because if you do need to put any context around what you're doing, you can put it in the git commit or another git commit. Yeah. And then yeah, it's really, I'll, it's actually I'll, I'll as trivial. Say, I would to, certainly say that's a, that's a reasonable thing. Damn it. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Pushing another thing onto the, on, onto the stack, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, multi-line git commit messages, which I don't see used nearly enough. Oh, I did one today. Did you? Yeah, okay. I, you would have been proud of me. I don't use them enough myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm now just in the habit of one-line git commits. I, I, I honestly think a lot of people maybe don't even realise that you can, you can do, do multi-line git commits. And the first the first line is special because that's the one that will get displayed in yeah. git k or whatever, but you can actually add an awful lot more. Yeah. Well, I did. So I did the first line was like the title. And then I just sort of did a, a markdown styley bulleted list right, okay. of all the things that... Um, and the reason I did it really yeah. was because then when you raise the PR, it, that's how it does it. So you, yeah. you end up with the title of the PR is the first line and then the yeah. first comment on the PR is yeah. is the next yeah. bit. So. But that's a slightly different thing though, or one of the, one of the, one of the use cases for commenting. And, and I think we probably both agreed that actually it maybe wasn't necessary in your case to say the use case was I'm implementing this code for this business mm. reason. Uh, because you could have found that out from the commit. Although, I don't know, there's an argument to say, well, then you're just putting work on people. You've got to go, well, where the hell have they done this? And I've got to go to the, to the Git but logs, it, yeah. and I've got to follow it through. But isn't that the job? 
Hey, yeah, I mean, not the job. That makes it sound really like, you know, like Fred Flintstones in the factory. But, <laughs> but isn't that part of it? I don't, I don't understand this. I need to do stuff to work out why before I rip it out, whatever. And yeah, one of the ways to do I, that is to look at the, the Git commits for this line. Yeah. No, yeah I don't I think, think that's I, an unreasonable I think, thing I think to I'd ask someone to do. Yeah, I think I'd buy that. So basically you were wrong. The I other, think I was. The, the, but just before we move <laughs> off of that, the other, the other reason I did it, yeah. which is another interesting thing, is because yeah. there was already a comment there. Uh, okay. But the comment was now redundant. Okay. So yeah, rather yeah. than just removing the old comment, yes. I felt like I had to replace it with a better quality one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, which again, saying it sort of yeah. aloud, you think, well, oh, that's probably not the right way to do it. So yeah, I don't think I should have commented. And in fact, tomorrow I'm going to rip it out. I have a great anecdote about comments, by the way. Right, okay. my, my, my favourite anecdote about comments, which is uh, there was a, a row of light switches in the old office where you and I both used to work. There was a row of light switches as you, as you walked in the door. And one of them controlled the lights sort of down the far end. And the, and the office was kind of partitioned, right? You remember? It's sort of like fake walls, right? And they could sort of yeah. move around. And uh, someone one day, after, after many years of being there, someone decided they were going to label the light switches. So they labeled this one ops room or whatever it, right. whatever it was. <laughs> and then it must have been literally two days later, a bunch of workmen came in and tore down the walls <laughs> and everyone shifted around and then it had no longer that label on the light switch actually didn't bear any meaning to, to <laughs> right, what okay, it actually yeah. was used for now yeah. which just made me think of a lot of comments really um, because you know things get taken out and moved around and but again, suddenly going, the comment no one dares to take the comment out but it no longer makes sense to yeah. what you're doing and so obviously I've become the scapegoat for this yeah. but I didn't remove well I didn't remove the old comment but I just replaced it with a new one yeah. and then I said isn't it the job to, um, to to work down and work out why that's happening so if you refactor code like the workmen came in and refactored the <laughs> light yeah, switches yeah, yeah. isn't the job to remove that sticker and isn't, isn't part yeah, of the problem yeah, that, yes. I mean, that people yeah. don't want to they don't want to comment in the first place so they certainly don't want to um, edit the comments afterwards. No, I, so yeah, I, I'm thinking that then a great philosopher would work out somehow that logically that means never comment. Which which brings <laughs> which brings me on to another subject, not a related subject, yeah. right? So so slight slight deviation, <laughs> which is um, what I call code archaeology. <laughs> right, okay, this is which is where you figure out why something is the way the way it is, and there's these little signs. You know, if you've ever looked at a bit of code and you've gone, why the hell is that? Is that like that? And then you start looking around and you start finding all these little clues as to something that was there before. <laughs> right, okay. And then it's been taken away, but no one's removed the surrounding infrastructure <laughs> around it. And then you kind of go, oh, right, that makes sense. And you sort of have to fill in the, fill in the, gaps, the gaps, right? Yeah. You're going, now, like I wonder a... what, why would someone do that? And you go, well, if there was this class there called that, then that would start it's to like make a, sense as to it's why. like a text adventure game. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah, north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take method. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a bit like that. And I, th- I think that's, um, it's quite a fascinating, uh, I say fascinating, depends, depends on your personality. No, I think I it guess. is fascinating. Because I, yeah. I had a dilemma doing this thing today because I could have gone a lot deeper. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind saying that it was all about analytics. Um, and what I was doing was clearing up for the, from a user perspective, what analytics we were doing in the app. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was adding in more messages so that people would understand what we're doing and why. Um, but one of the things I did is I removed the name of our analytics vendor 
right. because I felt that for our user base that was too technical. I don't think people would have understood. So in the settings there was a checkbox that was just it just had the vendor listed, right. and I ended up changing the name of that. But all the code was all written, all the method names and all the variables was written with this vendor name in. Right. And I did have to think, okay, how far am I going to go with this? And I only yeah. went as far as dealing with the UI side, yep. which means I've left a trail behind. Because yeah. now one yeah. half of it is completely generic and just talks about data usage. Yes. But in the background, it's very clear that what you're really doing is turning on and off yeah, yeah, our analytics provider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which has been quite helpful for me. Uh, some of the platforms that we have that are very legacy and uh, used to support clients that, that we no longer have one of my favorite things to do uh, is to go and do a control shift F through the code base for name of customer <laughs> and then delete any class, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, delete yeah. any class that mentions that customer <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then see what breaks, uh, which is great because I mean, we, you know, in, in some of our systems we, we have, uh, I would dare say still huge swathes of code that is dedicated to customers that we no longer have. Mm. Uh, yeah, and if I can, it's probably supporting customers you do have as well, because sometimes, you know, some, and there have been some that I couldn't rip out because you suddenly go, oh, that's actually it, it's been reused over there, yeah, and yeah. I can't, I can't take it out. But generalizing on the on the topic of code quality, I love deleting stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I find one of the biggest barriers to understanding a code base is knowing what's the stuff that you really care about and is still used mm. versus the stuff that is just cloud. When I open a package and I find that there is 50-odd classes in it, and then you start actually digging through it and you realise that there's only two of those that you really care about that you really want to know about. Mm. Um, and I, and I, don't think, I don't think deleting code gets enough... Uh, Priority. No, I agree. Basically, I, I th because people are scared to do it. Mm. Oh, often. yeah. And yeah, even totally if you even if you've got tests, because of course, quite often, if you're deleting code, you have to go and delete a test. Even if that. We well, say quite often. I, mean, Hopefully, I, I don't you're... think many people. I don't think as many people as we think. Okay. Are doing test driven, but. I... Well, I don't know. Okay, no, true, but I, I suppose my point is, even if you are doing test driven, and so you feel like you should be able to go and delete stuff because there is a, a test mm. that will test for it. Because you've got to go and delete tests that test the class that you're that you're yeah, deleting. Yeah. yeah, you feel like you're... You might feel a bit nervous because you're going, well, what yeah. if actually that test secretly is yeah. really testing something quite yeah, important, yeah. but I'm going and getting rid of the, rid of the test and as well. And it's the same so, with changing tests, isn't it? I've been quite often, yeah. you know, been in, in conversations about, well, if we do that, then the test will break. Yeah. And the answer's like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because we don't want to do that anymore yes, and we yeah. want it to do this thing now yeah. so let's change the test to update it particularly around like the sort of the visual side of stuff yeah. you know if you're testing um, you know the front end and that it appears in the way you want it to appear and yes. then you make a design change yes. and there seems to be some consternation about whether you can do that because the test you know. so it's interesting there is a, there's definitely a, um, a fear isn't there of there is deleting code and deleting uh, tests. Yes, Ment mental note that we should talk about test room development on on some other podcast. Yes. So we didn't really put anything forward about when you should comment. I think because we both share an opinion, even with the it depends in the middle. I think there are people that would be staunchly for testing, 
uh, commenting. testing, commenting. Um, and I, I think it's quite hard because if it's a personal, is it a personal preference? I think that's my question. And is it okay for people to comment if they choose to and you take out all the other things like productivity and waste and stuff like that? Your responsibility as a developer is to make sure that whatever poor sucker comes after you can understand your code and what you've done. And there's the old adage that uh, software is 90% reading and 10% writing. Yeah. You have a responsibility as a professional developer to make sure that code is maintainable, not only by you, even though obviously that's a you know job security strategy for some people, but uh, <laughs> that, that someone, anyone who happens to come after you can read your code and understand what it's trying to do. If that involves commenting, so be it. I don't think it's the optimal strategy. Uh, I would much rather that you refactor your code. In the absence of that, if you have to comment, do it. I, you know, my personal feeling is is comments comments just clutter everything up. They are yet another thing that your brain has to read and parse as it's looking at this yeah. code. And to that extent, they're not helpful. I. It's for me when I'm reading code, it's much like reading a book. Your your brain is not examining individual letters, or even sometimes individual words. Right there is there's pattern recognition mm. going on, which enables you to read at a much higher speed than mm. if you actually looked at each one. And therefore, I think when I read code, I'm looking at patterns and blocks and trying to figure out, you know, w what do I think mm. is going on in, in that block without having to individually read each line. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. therefore, I'm sort of unlikely to individually read. Um, so well, no, I, I, will have, I will get around to individually reading comments, but I'm just saying when I, when I first open that class and look at it, if it's, you know, three lines of comments or every five lines of code, mm. that's not helpful yeah. to me. There's a lot to be said for white space. Well, I was going to say, code. you've segued quite nicely. Thank you. Um, because I think our conclusion is comments don't do it, kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Caveat, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> it always depends. Try not to. I just don't, um, I just don't, think, it's, I just don't think it's optimal. I, I don't think, I could never say to anyone, don't do it. And like I say, it's, it's like training wheels, right? If, if uh, as you're starting out as a software developer, you need to comment do it. I personally don't think it's that useful to uh, other people. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Thing. Full stop. <laughs> but it does lead then into what you described just a second ago. Then it's uh, that that cognitive effort that you have when you're looking at code. Yeah. Which I think is quite large. You know, I think it's harder than reading, which you yeah. um, compared it to then does bring into play things like white space, line breaks, all of that kind of thing. Yeah. So where are you on that? What's your, how, how, um, how demanding are you that code is in a certain format, i.e. tabs versus spaces, Ooh. that kind of stuff? Because <laughs> I, I, I think it's all in the same ballpark, isn't it? It is all in the same ballpark. Um, let's be clear that the only acceptable braces are on the same line. 
Yep. Um, uh, tabs versus spaces. I actually don't care. I've never found a situation where I've gone nuts about it. Um, so my experience is most people say I don't care. Yeah. Until somebody tries to impose uh, <laughs> a standard. A, a standard. Yes. And then suddenly everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> I mean, is it fair to say? I mean, as I say, I'm mean, thinking about it. It's, it's other than people bringing up the civil war of tabs versus spaces. I've never come to a situation where I've thought, oh, they've used tabs instead of spaces. It's a solved problem, right, in IDEs these days. I mean, no. It, do you think so? No. Um, well, as far as I'm aware, it's not, because I think Android Studio imposes an uncommon style. Okay. And certainly on our code base. Tab and space, then tab and space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, then, um, and certainly on our code base, some of the early code didn't follow that style. Right. Um, and so now when we try to uh, format to our, our accepted styles, it, it creates these huge check-ins. Right. Or these huge commits, and then you have to you know hide the white space changes and all that yes. kind of stuff. Um, I'm much more upset by Windows line endings versus Unix line endings, which is a problem solved by Git. Yes. But quite yeah. often I'm dealing with files that have been imported from... In fact, almost certainly from CVS to Perforce to Subversion to Git. <laughs> and so still yeah. have line endings yeah. and those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, so that upsets me on a regular basis. I am more opinionated than you, I think. And actually, I do have a style that I prefer, which is two spaces. I like the curlies on the same line. And I like to... I, I'm quite verbose. I quite like to... You know, someone, uh, someone said to me once, you're not going to run out of paper. While, right. I, while I was agonizing how to abbreviate a variable yeah, <laughs> that was more than yeah. seven characters or something. Yeah. And I've re that's really stuck with me. And I thought, well, I'm not. So, you know, I, quite have a, I have a style of my own. And that's quite interesting, isn't it? I wonder if every developer has a unique style. So if you, you could pick someone out of... Do you like, know, um, they did that. They did, did they? that. Um, I read something a little while ago about someone using machine learning to identify developers from their code. Oh wow! And were actually really successful at it. Oh right, okay. Given you know, given like ten different people's code, they could. I suppose it makes sense. I mean, everyone has a writing style, a talking style. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I like my code to be. Well, like I said, I mean, you, you look at it and you kind of, you, you see patterns. So I, I'm definitely one for white space lines. I like blocks of code, uh, you know, to be logically grouped. Yeah. So, you know, a classic example might be opening a file, which in Java is a bit of a fag, fag you know, yeah. buffered readers and all that kind of stuff. That or, you know, that may be three or four lines, but it's three or four lines that sit together and you've got a blank space above and a blank space below. Hmm just to kind of indicate to you that those things together, you can almost think of it as a little mini method. You know, it's not quite enough to pull out into its own, yeah. into its own method, but you sort of think if I read the top line and the bottom line, they ought to have some kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. correlation, you know, almost inputs, outputs kind of, kind of things. So, you know, I think that's important. I like code. I mean, I'm like, I like code to be quite verbose. I guess one of the things I'm thinking about is particularly having done a lot of Kotlin and Kotlin has a, a much more of a functional style. Right. And functional languages in, in general often encourage you to chain calls together. Um, you know, so your, your methods are 
maps and folds and sums of on lists and you know all these kind of things mm-hmm. uh, and the classic one is if you ever try and learn Scala and you get a tutorial that says hey I can do all of this in one line isn't this beautiful and you're looking at it you go well no no it's not <laughs> like it's one line with lots of chained calls and you know, it doesn't really tell me what it's doing However, having said that, I've come to appreciate having having written code that's a, a bit more functioning in style. I've always started to go down that line because once you start understanding what those things do, you feel like a bit more clear on, well, this is just all of this that previously was 10 lines of code is really just one operation or, you know, one aggregated function on this list of things yeah. here and out the end pops a different kind of list. So um, I'm a little bit undecided on that because I've also gone back and reread some of my own Kotlin code and then gone, oh, it felt really nice and neat at the time. <laughs> right, but now it's... But now I go back and read it, yeah. you know, and I have to admit, as much as I, as much as I really enjoy writing in Kotlin, my brain still finds it a lot harder to process than Java when it comes to reading it reading it back because right. it's, it feels a lot denser yeah. there's a lot more going on in a short space and you can argue that that's a good thing but reading it is maybe not quite as mm. as easy and certainly once you get into your yes yeah, scholars and it's interesting isn't it? i wonder why you, you i think you mentioned earlier that it's a solved problem isn't it times versus spaces yeah like and the whole code linting and that kind of stuff but I wonder why there isn't a solution where I can have my style and you can have your style and it's done by the IDE and then like the line endings on commit, it could be changed. I know you can do that with tabs. So if it was all tabs, you could display them as different Yeah, and which is kind of what um, what Git does with line endings. So you can say, well, check this into the repository with Unix line endings, but when I check it out, yeah. Give me Windows line endings. But when I try and check it back in again, it's Unix line endings. Yeah, so I wonder uh, so they right. do that so with... Maybe, yeah, maybe when I check out the code, it's checked out in my particular style with my... Yeah. I was surprised also to mm. see in a similar sense that there's this... Is it an editor config? A dot .file editor config? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think this is some common standard that... Um, you can put this dot editor config, I'm sure that's what it's called, um, in the root of your project, and then most or some IDEs will then honor it. So any personal settings oh, okay. you've got. Okay. And I was surprised to see that Xcode honors it. Right. And I always I thought, see. you know, Xcode, Apple, yeah. well, they're just going to do it their way. And, yeah. you know, um, and that was quite interesting. And I think that's quite a smart idea because then you can yeah, have your good. own personal, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, um, that's flavor, good. you know. I still think, I suppose I can't help but feel like it's arranging the deck chairs and the Titanic, though. <laughs> like, f- for me, that's... that's. Why can't it that, be a, arranging the this. fans on the space shuttle? Oh, yeah, maybe a bit of a positive spin. Yeah, I uh, for me, I, I don't think that the tabs, the spaces, actually even the braces, as much as I talk about braces on the same line, yeah, yeah. actually presented with code where they're on the next line is not not a problem really yeah the the real barrier to my understanding is uh is literally how people have written the code the methods they've used the the variable names they've used yeah. um like i say sort of how how dense that that code is 
if they've tried to be clever, that's generally a bad, a bad sign. If they've tried to be too terse, that's a bad sign. Hmm. So I feel like it's sort of fiddling when. I think it is, but like I said, I've, I find that most people want to be like that. But then as soon as someone comes in and says, "Right, we're going to do it like this," yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then it all comes out of the woodwork. Yeah, I no, I think you're right. I think there's yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, flame wars isn't there about about all of these yeah. things and I, well, we haven't yeah, even well, touched it's, on it's, 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 it's bike sheds isn't it it's, <laughs> it's bike it, sheds it's, it's bike sheds it's, I hadn't heard that for a while yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> we should probably explain that one shouldn't we we should so a, a bike shed discussion is you could give a room full of people uh, a, uh, a plan of a nuclear reactor that you're going to build big super important massively expensive uh, you absolutely have to get it right and because it's big and complex, people would kind of say, yeah, that looks fine. Or if you were to go into the same room and ask people to comment about what colour you should paint your bike shed, trivial, doesn't really matter to anybody. People will have a very long discussion about it yeah. simply because it's trivial. And so it's easy to grasp. And so it's easy to have an opinion. Yeah. Uh, whereas you wouldn't be able to have that opinion about a nuclear reactor. Uh, so yeah, so so it's easy to debate Taz versus spaces and where your braces go. It's a lot more difficult to uh, argue about whether your code is uh, in the right shape and using the right method names mm. and those kind of things. Because a lot of it is subjective. It can be subjective. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't even touch on text editors. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another time. Vim. <laughs> See, but I'm doing but it now. You, uh, I'm thinking, I can't let that hang. <laughs> I need to, but no, it's bike shedding. We've had a great conversation. <laughs> Bizarrely, I often find myself... So I use VS Code quite a lot. You're going into it. <laughs> no, 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 hang on, but hear me out, right, hear me out. Okay, I like I, it. I, I, I use VS Code a lot, particularly when I'm writing uh, Ruby or Python, more yeah. scripting language type stuff. But what I often do, because you can open a terminal yeah. in there, I quite often find myself editing my files in the terminal in VS Code using Vi. <laughs> and then after a few minutes, I stop myself and go, what am I doing? Like, why am I not just editing it straight there? Because you know, at the end of the day, Vi, Vim, uh, you know, it is a bit of a pain to use. I, I know people would tell you about how extensible it is and, you know, it's, I'm sure it's Turing complete and, you know, you can just do yeah, whatever yeah. you need to do with it. But at the end of the day, it is more of a pain than just being able to highlight some code with the mouse and go delete uh, or, you know, control C, control But it makes v. you feel like a hacker. Yeah. That's why I use it. Yeah. Because I just think <laughs> this is like, you know, you see the articles and they say, or oh, you can use Nano. Like, no. No. <laughs> no fucking way. No, no, no. I am a hacker. And then you sent me yeah. that, um, uh, that cool retro term app yes. for Mac yeah, yeah. Um, that's and that's even better now because now <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, I'm a hacker proper. from the 80s because yeah. I've got a terminal that looks like a CRT monitor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in Vive have doing got, like have you got a little box maker can dial up modem noises as well oh, that's next <laughs> that's my next uh, <laughs> my next toy <laughs> right well seems like we've come to the end of uh, this conversation I think we've done it to death <laughs> actually I don't, no, I don't feel we have actually I think that, that, that's a lie I think, we've, I think we could go on for this for hours but we should stop there <laughs> we should um, but we've probably got a lot of people's heckles up is that the right is it heckles 
Hackles. Hackles. Got their hackles up because we haven't mentioned their favourite text editor or they can't bear not to have eight spaces, which is the default invite. Yes, I yeah. know, I know. Uh, Terrible. Um, so if you do want to get in touch and tell us where we're wrong or give us an alternative opinion, then you can. We are on Twitter and Mastodon. Um, on Twitter, we are at with Greg and Mark and on Mastodon at with Greg and Mark at mastodon.technology. Uh, we would love to hear from you um, and your thoughts. Should you comment? Should you not? Uh, how should your code be formatted? All of that kind of gubbins. Um, let us know. And we may even mention you next time. Yes, but only if you agree with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, Bonus points. We'll remind people the next time they will hear from us. Redevelop.io. Yes. Uh, Bournemouth conference for developers and software people and product people and generally cool people. Uh, that's why are we're we, there. Are we in that? We are, yes. Excellent. Um, and we'll be there with our OB, um, a mic and a recording device, and we'll be asking people what they thought. So check it out. It's a great conference. Um, and hopefully we'll come back with some good new information. See you later, Greg. Bye, Mark. Mm-hmm.